Welcome to part one of the Acceptable in the 90s Super Saturday Special. We're kicking proceedings off with the WWF's Day Glow Adorned Battlers and their Saturday morning delight, Superstars. First things first, I've been to the fridge, so let's check out the latest offering from Big Meaty Cool's holiday edition of Big Meaty Cool's Craft Beer Review. And after I took my trip to Derbyshire and all the delights that came with it, we went to Clandrin Dodd Wells the week after to uh, see my in-laws. And they have a lovely little craft brewery just 10 minutes away from where they live called Hooger Brew. And they do a wonderful, if small, selection of bottle-conditioned craft beers. So today I have got with me a Trig Point Milk Stout. It's 4.5%. It has just the right amount of barley, oats, hops, coffee, lactose, of course, this is a milk stout, vanilla and chocolate. And I've had this before and I do enjoy it very much. Obviously, I've given it a pour for the purposes of the podcast. Because it's bottle conditioned, it's got a lovely, lovely creamy head. I've just dropped my coaster there, sorry about that. Um, The smell is absolutely delicious, just what you expect. Really nice roasted coffee notes, hint of chocolate and vanilla coming through. And I am going to give this a taste right now, so do please let De La Soul take over your soul while I give this a very satisfying quaff. Yeah, now that is just what I expect from a good quality stout. The coffee hits you straight away, as well as the sweetness that comes from the lactose. The chocolate and vanilla really starts kicking in towards the back once you start swallowing that. Excellent aftertaste, lovely thick mouthfeel. I think this is getting a 4 out of 5 on Untapped. And that's going to go down a treat this morning. And let's spend part of the morning looking at what was going down on this day in history on Saturday, July the 17th, 1993. In athletics, Graham Obrey breaks the world hour cycling record, riding 51.596 kilometres on Old Faithful at the Hamar Velodrome in Norway. In the pop charts, SWV were at the top of the US chart with Week, while Take That were at number one in the UK with Prey. The box office was also unchanged, with The Firm being at the top in the US and Cliffhanger at the top in the UK. The July 17th edition of WWF Superstars emanated from the Huntingdon Civic Centre in Huntingdon, West Virginia, taped on June the 15th. 1993. I've split the two Saturday shows into separate episodes because we have a massive title defence on Superstars this week, as the Steiner Brothers grant a WWF Tag Team title rematch to Money Incorporated. Commentary is handled as always by the almost perfect trio of Vince McMahon, the Macho Man Randy Savage and Jerry the King Lawler. 
Corbin up for grabs. This is WWF Superstar. On behalf of the Macho Man Randy Savage and the self-professed King Jerry Lawler, I'm Vince McMahon. We welcome you to World Wrestling Federation action. And indeed, the action is heating up just like the weather. And speaking of action, that would take us to what's going to happen at SummerSlam. The King Jerry Lawler against the King of the Ring, the Hitman Bret Hart. Need some excitement? Check out SummerSlam with the Hitman crowns Jerry Lawler in a different way. And talking about excitement, the Steiner Brothers, Rick and Scott, right here, squaring off against Money Incorporated. The tag team titles are up for grabs. Well, he's to shut up. You shut up. This week in addition to the tag team title matchup, scheduled for individual competition will be Bob as an atom bomb. Get ready for still undefeated as the Native American everybody's proud of, Tukunga. Yeah, but wait do you see Mr. Hughes, the man that wins his matches the old-fashioned way. He earns them, get it? <laughs> Match number one sees an old favourite in familiar surroundings as the Native American Tatanka takes on Brian Costello. I'll cover the action here as commentary were busy. Vince tells us that Crush is watching superstars from home in Hawaii, then asks Savage about Crush being injured after Yokozuna hit four bonsai splashes. Vince also says the preliminary report is Crush has a collapsed chest cavity. Tatanka backdrops Costello after an Irish whip sequence, then takes him over the top rope with a clothesline. Tatanka then uses a flying chop off the apron and takes the action back inside as the announcers talk about headwear before Tatanka uses a Samoan drop for the win in 2 minutes and 42 seconds. Also mentioned in this match was the thinnest sliver about the Tatanka-Bigelow feud. You would have thought they would talk about that more during a Tatanka match. Goodness sake. A fun little squash though. From inside the pages of the WWF magazine, here's Update. Hello everyone, I'm Gorilla Monsoon with Update, brought to you this week by WWF ice cream bars, which can be found in fine food stores everywhere. Well folks, by now the entire world knows what happened on America's birthday, the 4th of July, aboard the USS Intrepid, when Lex Luger, full of pride and patriotism, stepped forward and did exactly what no other professional athlete had been able to do. He stepped through the ropes and body slammed the big guy, the 568-pound champion Yokozuna, to restore the pride of America on her 217th birthday. It's being called a body slam heard round the world. Folks, how on earth do you follow a great moment like that? Well, Lex Luger has found a way. He's calling it his call to action campaign. He will be touring this great land of ours, this America, this land of the home and the free and the brave, and telling you what's right about America, and at the same time killing two birds with one stone. He wants you to get behind him. He wants you to support him. He wants you to flood the office of the president, Jack Tunney, with all kinds of phone calls and faxes and telegrams, deeming him to be the number one challenger and get a shot at that coveted WWF title. Since the 4th of July, I understand the president's office has been bombarded. Well, we want more. We want every one of you to get up and pick up that telephone. We want every one of you to write that letter, to send that fax, really get on Jack Tunney's case. 
I understand that Fuji has come out and said, no way, shape, or form, Lex, are you going to get a shot at the title? Fuji, I got news for you. It's not your decision to make. That decision has to come from President Jack Tunney. And I understand from a very reliable source through the gorilla vine inside that hideous office of the president that a decision will be made next week on that particular issue. And believe me, folks, Lex Luger is not going to stop in any way, shape, or form. He's going to be touring. He's going to be drumming up support. He's going to be supporting America. And he'll want your support. So stand behind him. And believe me, when Lex Luger makes up his mind to do something, something's going to happen. Well, we all know what he did on July 4th. He chartered his own helicopter just for the opportunity to defend the pride of America. Well, folks, you won't believe what he's done now. He's chartered a bus to get his message across America. It's called the Lex Express. And as you can see, it's painted red, white, and blue from top to bottom. Well, folks, the call to action campaign is about to get underway and to kick it off, where else? The city of brotherly love, the cradle of liberty, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. But you can count on it, folks, in the weeks to come. That tour will be going everywhere. And perhaps in a town, maybe your own hometown or somewhere near you, where you'll be able to see the Lex Express and see in person Lex Luger. Remember, the call to action campaign wants you. And Lex Luger definitely wants you, too. The Lex Express. Now we're in WrestleCrap territory. I would love to know if any of my listeners actually wrote to Lex Luger at this time, or even if you didn't. So do get your correspondence over to at one man's meat pod on X, please. Next, Mr. Monday Night Adam Bomb graces us with his presence this Saturday morning to face Rich Myers. Polo is carrying a pool cue to the ring for some reason, and the announcers talk about the Luger tour as Bomb beats down Myers. Vince says that Myers is a second-generation wrestler and that his dad, Jim Myers, is unquestionably one of the all-time greats. Jim Myers is, of course, George the Animal Steel. Bomb stays in control as Lawler says he has a special guest this Monday on the King's Court, which we were told last week on Raw would be Tiny Tim. Then puts Myers away with the Atom Smasher powerbomb in 2 minutes and 42 seconds. Unfortunately, Adam Bomb and Johnny Perlow just aren't drawing any heat together, leading commentary to talk about anything else but their match, whether on Monday or Saturday. Shame, really. All right, we're in midsummer and things are certainly heating up. This past week, I talked with World Wrestling Federation President Jack Tunney, the distinguished president of the World Wrestling Federation, right now talking to the top international superstars about August 30th. That's going to be a big Monday night in the Motor City, Detroit, Michigan, and SummerSlam. I'm certain one of the individuals he's talking to is the reigning Intercontinental Champion, Shawn Michaels, joining us this week face-to-face along with his bodyguard, Diesel. Uh, Mr. Michaels, have you had conversation recently with President Tunney? Oh, sure. That dude's always on my hotline. Uh, you know something? What? It's a little warm in here. A little warm? It's a little yeah. warm. You want to know why? I don't know. Because the hottest thing in the World Wrestling Federation, the big heater himself, the heartbreak kid, is on the scene. You know, it's got to be uh, pretty tough for you uh, traveling around the country, around the world, like you do with all the intercontinental title defenses you have. You're not, uh, you're not swerving anybody. I know that no, for a fact. No, me, you know, I'm never. not that kind of guy. You don't want to know what the hard part is? What is it? The hard part is going in and out of the airports, into the hotels. All the chicks are all over me. I am to wrestling what Elvis Presley was to rock and roll. Oh, come on. Oh. I grew up in that, that uh, era. Sure you did. He was, I mean, the biggest thing since... Shawn Michaels. 
Hey, Shawn Michaels, speaking of your bodyguard, Diesel, uh, back there, just exactly what role does he play in your intercontinental title offenses? Well, he's there to watch my... Uh, yeah, better he... yet, I'll let Diesel tell you. Well, I mean, he can't... Shut up! What? Shut up and listen to the man. It's simple. Hey, I see more chicks around Shawn Michaels than you'd see down at Fort Lauderdale during spring break. I'm here to watch my man's back. When anybody in the ring, any of the wrestlers in the World Wrestling Federation think they're gonna get a cheap shot at my man, they're gonna run into the diesel and become a roadkill. Simple as that. So turn up your Whisper 2000 and listen. <laughs> I, I... I'll tell you what, you got a pretty good assignment there, uh, watching the gals and maybe an occasional opponent for Shawn Michaels. Isn't this great? This is the best thing ever. You know something, Gene? I get the feeling I could be the Intercontinental Champ for a long, long time. I talked to him recently. Mr. Perfect thinks he can three-peat. He could be the Intercontinental really? Champion you know, for a third time. There's so much talk about Mr. Perfect, but you know something? What? We don't ever see him around. What do you mean you don't ever see him around? Well, you know, I think Mr. Perfect is a thing of the past. Oh, he is banging on your door constantly. He's not he, banging on he my door. He is chomping at the bit. He wants a shot at you. Oh, he can chomp at the bit all he wants. He can chomp all the way to Jack Tunney for all I care. He's not going to get the Intercontinental title. The kid is on top for good. Thanks, guys. Shawn Michaels, reigning Intercontinental Champion, right here in the World Wrestling Federation. So when going over this for network purposes, WWE edited out a hype package for Randy Savage versus Jerry Lawler at Madison Square Garden on August the 13th. The actual card is available on YouTube as fan cam footage, but it isn't on the network yet in any form. If it is watchable enough, I suppose I'll give it a watch, but it's just a shame when they've been building up to this kind of simmering heat between Savage and Lawler that they couldn't film something for TV purposes. But never mind, what was filmed for TV purposes was our featured contest of the week for the WWF World Tag Team Championships as champions the Steiner Brothers face challengers Money Incorporated. Scott and IRS start things off and they go back and forth trading holds before IRS knocks Scott down with an Enzigiri of all things. DiBiase tags in, but Scott takes him into the corner before tagging out himself. Rick works a side headlock and then catches DiBiase with a belly-to-belly -belly suplex right before the break. We return with the Steiners using quick tags while working the arm of DiBiase. IRS tags in, but the Steiners work over his arm as well. IRS bails to avoid a clothesline, but Scott pulls him back in with his tie, then uses it for a neck snap, but the ref is distracted by DiBiase, and by the time he turns around and counts, IRS kicks out at one. DiBiase grabs Scott's leg to allow IRS to attack from behind, as Money Inc. is now in control of the match for the first time. Scott tries to make the tag, but is neutralised by Money Incorporated. DiBiase gets two with a suplex, and then we go to break. The match returns as Scott hits a suplex with both men now down on the mat. Scott then takes IRS over with a sunset flip and gets two as DiBiase was distracting the referee. IRS now uses a chin lock and then both men collide, but Scott makes the tag as Rick runs wild. Scott is back in now and uses the Frankensteiner on DiBiase, but the ref was ordering Rick back to the apron. Then IRS whacks Scott with the briefcase and DiBiase covers for the win. 
However, another official, Joey Morella, comes in to tell Earl Hebner what actually transpired, leading him to inform Howard Finkel that Money Incorporated has been disqualified as the Steiners return in 14 minutes and 5 seconds. So despite the length, this was a basic match with a bit of a funny finish, but something tells me that the Money Inc. lads will not take this lying down. There's no question in my mind that Ted DiBiase and IRS folks are out of control. They cheat to win the match. Then they get caught by the referee who reverses the decision and Money Incorporated goes ballistic. More on that a little bit later because here we go with your SummerSlam report. At the Palace of Auburn Hills in suburban Detroit, Michigan, things are starting to heat up for the WWF Summertime Classic Monday night, August 30th. Last week, we found out that royalty will be on the line when the self-proclaimed king, Jerry Lawler, meets the king of the ring winner, Bret the Hitman Hart. Now this week, I've been informed that a apparently overly zealous Harvey Whippleman has signed a contract for his eight-foot-tall giant Gonzalez to meet The Undertaker in an RIP match. I'm not certain what an R.I.P. match. I don't think Harvey Whippleman knows. But I suspect when he finds out, it's going to be a surprise to both him and the giant Gonzalez. See you in Detroit August 30th for SummerSlam. Whoops. I believe Bonnie Blackstone is standing by with, with Money Incorporated. Right now, let's go back to the arena. Obviously, we're here with some All very right, disgruntled we're, we're back, Money we're back Incorporated to members. Bonnie Blackstone. Let me tell you something. We were robbed of the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team titles to begin with. The Steiners whined and they cried. They cried and they whined until we gave them their shot. And they stole them the first time out. Now, right here in front of you and all you people, and all you people at home, we were robbed again. The referee goes, one, two, three, it's over. You it. But you used a briefcase. Well, I'll observe it again. Yes, we reduce the briefcase. And lucky for everybody here, as well as those watching at home, another official was watching in the back and saw the That's event. really convenient how the other official is back there watching our match. I think this is very unfair. And Steiners, you're going to learn one thing. Nobody, I mean nobody, steals from Money Incorporated. You're going to pay. Where else in sports does an official who's not involved in the match come out and reverse the decision? It doesn't happen. It won't happen to Hulk Hogan. It won't happen to Bret Hart. It won't happen to anybody else because, frankly, Jack Tunney, you don't like us. You don't like how much money we have and how much money our power, our power of our money yields. Steiners, if you're the champions that you think you are, if you're the wrestlers that you think you are, you accept our challenge in front of you, Bonnie, in front of all these people and all you people at home Put them up again right here next week. Put up or shut up. We'll be here. They better. The challenge has been thrown to the Steiner Brothers. We'll hear from them later on. We'll be right back with Mr. Hughes. And there you go. Rematch booked for next week. Mr. Hughes comes out for the main event of the morning to make an effigy 
of Sonny Rogers. Vince tells us that the Steiners have accepted the challenge for a rematch. We see another wreath delivered to ringside that contains a card. Hughes beats down Rogers and follows with a clothesline. The announcers talk about the Hughes-Undertaker feud as Hughes takes Rogers down with a big boot, then uses a sidewalk slam for the win in a very entertaining 1 minute and 45 seconds. After the match, Hughes tears up the card after reading the message, then destroys the wreath. The mind games continue from The Undertaker, who has made it abundantly clear that he wants his earn back. Mr Hughes' matches have improved over the last few weeks, as he shows some of his agility against smaller opponents, as well as a real fire over these little reminders that The Undertaker is watching him. Alright folks, you have just seen Mr Hughes in action. You talk about your bombshells. It's official at SummerSlam in Detroit. The eight-foot-tall giant Gonzalez is going to be squaring off against The Undertaker. More on that in a moment or two when I talk to Harvey Whippleman. Joining me right now, another gentleman who is certainly going to be in action at SummerSlam. He is the former World Wrestling Federation champion, Brett the Hitman Hart. Also the king of the ring. And a man back in Dayton, Ohio, that tried to change all that was Jerry Lawler. He's the man you're going to be facing in Detroit on the 30th of August all alone on the throne. You know, Gene, I am the king of the ring, and I won that thing fair and square, and if Jerry Lawler had wanted to get into this thing, he should have just involved himself from the very start. He never even qualified, though. Didn't even exactly. try to qualify. This guy hasn't qualified for anything, but I'll tell you what he has qualified for. He's qualified for the worst, the worst beating of his entire life. I am going to stomp this guy from one end of the ring to the other. I am going to pound him from one end of the ring to the other. I am going to eliminate him. I am going to obliterate everything that Jerry Lawler stands for. I'm going to wipe him out because he made the wrong move. He crossed me, and now I am going to wipe his ugly face into the mat and destroy any of this King stuff. He is history. I thank you very much. Brett, the hitman heart, very determined. There's tremendous hatred. You can just feel it there. And I happen to be at the King of the Ring conducting an interview with the new King of the Ring champion when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes Jerry Lawler. Now these two men are going to be meeting head-on as part of the big summertime extravaganza. Hey, Harvey Whippleman. What? Is that, is that a clip-on necktie you've no, got? No, it ain't, you know. Look at your ugly face. I've seen better heads on flat beer. Let's talk about SummerSlam. Your man, the eight-foot-tall giant Gonzalez, finally is going to have to face the wrath of The Undertaker. I don't envy him at all. I think you've got it backwards. The Undertaker is finally going to have to face the wrath of the giant Gonzalez. Undertaker made a big mistake when he signed for another match. But see, now that he hasn't got Paul Bear to do his business decisions for him anymore, he's got to use his own little pea brain. And he decided he wanted to face a man that stands eight feet tall, weighs 463 pounds, he doesn't even have his urn at ringside to inspire him anymore. He don't have his manager, Gomez. Where Adams, is there the at giant, by the way? Hey, that's for me to know and you to find out, Gene Oakland. If the giant wanted to be here and look at your ugly face, he'd have been here. But he told me himself he's seen better faces on iodine bottles, and he'd rather just stay away, Oakland. You know, I've got one final question. Harvey, is that uh, one of those new Windsor knots? I don't even have an old Windsor knot. <laughs> I. If I were you, I'd burn the tie. I really would. Stay tuned. We're going to be back with more after this. Next week, we will anchor.
obviously await the decision of WWF President Jack Tunney as to whether or not Yokozuna must defend the championship against Lex Luger. Speaking of whom, the Lex Express continues to roll across America, asking you to enlist in his call to action campaign. And next week as well, a number of individuals will make their debut right here in the World Wrestling Federation. Some new stars on their way. But speaking of stars, standing by the Steiner Brothers. Money Incorporated, next week, right here, will be your last chance at these belts. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Short but sweet the comments of the Steiner Brothers, but the match will be anything but that. The return match on the line next week for the WWF Tag Team Championship. Don't miss it, the Steiner Brothers versus Money Incorporated. And now we go to my final thoughts. talked about a steady decline in superstars in recent weeks, as storylines and bigger names move wholesale to Monday, but there's still life in the old dog yet. I've always had an affinity for the show, as I could always watch it on a Saturday afternoon at my mate's house, so I always enjoy it. But this was a fun episode, and an example of maximising your time relatively well, short of commentary not giving a fig about most of the matches. And have you heard that new Superstars theme? Oh, talk about sex on a plate. The match of the morning goes to the tag title match. It was two teams that I enjoy facing off, which is always fun. And we're going to get it again next week. The stars of the morning go to Money Incorporated, surprisingly. Even though I'm a Steiners fan, now that the belts are off DiBiase and IRS, I don't mind them as much, and their antics in and out of the ring are quite entertaining. The highlight of the morning was the tag match actually getting some time. You could argue that it was too long, but it's a way to take your mind off the fact that this was probably the tail end of the recent tapings, so it worked for me. And the low light of the morning, again, is commentary completely ignoring most of the action. If they're not invested, then why should the viewers be? Nuff said. Well guys, do tune in at 6.05 this evening for WCW Saturday Night and part two of the Super Saturday Spectacular. I do hope you enjoy the rest of your Saturday, and in the meantime and in between time, stay beefy, Meatsiders!